Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast, uh, coming to you from the wood shop. Just polished it up, been doing a ton of work out here lately, and uh, the sawdust has been piling up. I still need to do uh, pretty heavy dusting out here, and I really don't know why, because it will just stack up again, but I suppose at some point you'd have the entire shop full of sawdust if you didn't clean it up once in a while, plus it uh, <clears throat> gets into your finishes and stuff like that. Um, my favorite time of year. I was trying to, I was explaining to a couple friends the other day about like what, what the first two weeks of November mean to me and, uh, how so. And, you know, at some level it begins to feel like a selfish, uh, endeavor, but, uh, we also talk about self-care around here and there is nothing that allows me to go out and turn off the rest of the world like sitting in the woods during the peak of the white-tailed deer rut. <laughs> there just isn't. Uh, meditation, uh, working on in the shop, things like that help me shut down and, and not worry about the troubles of the world. Um, but, but sitting in a tree stand or sitting in the woods uh, uh, does it thoroughly for me. I look forward to it every year. It's uh, November the 3rd as I say this uh when you hear this it'll be uh well what will it be it'll be the seventh so you could say november 2nd probably through the 11th uh is time to take your rut vacation your deer rut vacation and uh, i'm going to do a little of that normally for the past uh well since i've been sober i've uh taken at least a solid week and I'm not this year. Uh, I'm taking a couple of days in a row in batches. And so uh, I'm making this a four-day weekend. And then probably next weekend a four-day weekend also. Indiana firearm season comes in on the 13th of November. And I've uh, got some buddies coming down for the Sober, sober Dudes deer hunt. Uh, and always looking forward to that. Man, i got some planning to do. we got to eat. Uh, and we try to eat good. I'm sure there will be some elk in that uh, meal somewhere along the line. Uh, I've got a lot of background noise going on right now because I've got heaters on. Uh, it's even tough for me to sit and look at the temperature this morning. Oh, my kitchen thermometer is 35 degrees. And uh, some years a warm front comes through right in time for the water rut. And this year it is not. It is going to be... Uh, really ideal conditions it appears uh i just uh it's hard for me to even sit here i have a little job to do this morning and uh some errands to run before i get out of town and uh then i have a podcast tonight at 6 p.m uh kind of not the best scheduling in my uh that i could have arranged but uh Hey, when a guest uh, picks, if I give them days, say I'm open these days and they pick that day, uh, I try to accommodate that. And so that's what I'm doing. And I will, uh, we'll, we'll hear uh, his story. And I'm a little confused on his name. It's uh, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. But I think he just says Jack. And maybe just to keep it simple. Um, and get it produced and loaded up for Sunday and then uh, 
have everything in the car ready to go so I can jump in the vehicle and head to the cabin. Brother and dad are coming. So uh, it'll be a good time regardless of uh, whether if the deer uh, cooperate or not. You know, there's some other things in my life right now I also need attending to, but uh, none of them are uh, fires that must be put out right now. And it kind of eats on me a little bit and uh, uh, makes me consider, you know, makes me think about whether what I'm doing here is just pure selfishness or not. Um, but this happens once a year, you know. This is this is my Super Bowl Uh the Masters, the World Series. This is the Daytona 500. This is the uh, the the very top time of the year for this activity, and it only comes around, you know, for these two weeks every year. Uh, anything that can be pushed out, uh, I'm going to do. I've arranged my work and things like that so I can get out of here. And uh, I'm going to do it. So uh, we will see you um, in a couple weeks. May have a, may have a little blip when the uh, Silver Dudes Deer Hunt weekend, the 13th and 14th, where I won't have an episode, but we'll have a, we'll take the recording equipment down there and we'll get a, we'll get an episode recorded from Deer Camp, maybe with some uh, deer hanging off of a meat pole. And... Um, I just hope you enjoy Jack's story. Uh, I don't know him. I've seen him around a little bit. Uh, I had an opportunity and uh, recorded it, and I spoke at the Serenity House a week ago and uh, a couple weeks ago and, and put that out. And uh, I always make a little plug that I have a podcast and I would love to have your story. So uh, let me know if you'd be interested in that. And uh, and Jack did it. He come up one no, I had a couple other people, but... Uh, I'm interested in, in hearing his story, I believe, uh, or, or whatever it is that he wants to talk about. I'm not sure that he even wants to tell his story. I got a feeling that he just wanted to talk about some things, and uh, uh, we'll do that. Uh, our stories tend to come out when we talk about recovery in general anyway, so uh, I'm not going to change the name of the podcast from story to something else. We will... Uh, We'll roll with it. It's kind of what I like about part of what I like about this is the unpredictability. Uh, I wish there's a little more of that. Uh, and and I may, I'm a, you know, everybody's story is important, but uh, I also like just the uh, the dialogue uh, aspect of it, and just kind of knocking around these uh, um, ways, these methods, ways, approaches to. Uh, doing this thing called life sober enjoy hey everyone this is dan with the spiritual underground podcast uh if you're just first coming upon this podcast we are primarily a 12-step recovery based podcast uh but we'll talk about a lot of things uh <clears throat> really uh what we were just talking right before this is that uh i thought you know and i was i was coming to stop 
self-medicate and stop drinking myself to death, drugging myself to death. But once that kind of got under control, the next step was to figure out how to do this thing called life in some reasonable manner, uh, maybe even a healthy manner. And uh, it's kind of say to some extent, I got tricked into coming here to stop drinking. And what I ended up getting was a way of life uh, that really has very little to do with uh, with, with stopping drinking today. <laughs> um, two little commercials, 12-step spiritual recoveries, book by my sponsor, Christopher Cohn. It's under James Christopher Cohn on Amazon. Amazon. Uh, it's uh, 12 steps geared for everyone. Uh, typically, the 12 steps have been geared for people with particular isms, alcoholism, addicts, gamblers, other things like that. And uh, this kind of, he's kind of, geared it to where uh, you don't have to have something to qualify. You can use the 12 steps to uh, to improve the quality of your life and, and do the inventory and do the use the tools that have saved the millions of people. Um, and you don't have to uh, qualify in any way. So 12-step spiritual recovery, James, uh, James Christopher Cohn. And music wrapped around this today is by Darren Frank. Uh, appreciate him, and I always want to make sure to give him a uh, plug. I need to do not disturb my. I did my phone, but didn't do my computer. So uh, we're here to carry this message. These twelve steps, and uh, I invite guests to come. I had an opportunity to speak uh, at a friend of mine's seventh birthday the other day. Uh, I'm tailing up right behind him, and uh, so we were. We were new at the same time together and uh, honored to have him uh, ask me to speak. And I usually give a little shout out for the podcast and uh, look for guests. And uh, and I caught one that, that day. Uh, and I do, you know, I, 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 I feel that higher power is keeping this thing going because I continue to have it supported by the universe and uh, and and. It's just a really cool, unique way I get to participate in my recovery and and uh, also participate in other people's recovery. So uh, Jacques is my guest today. Uh, how are you feeling this afternoon, this evening? Well, I'm doing pretty good, thank you, Dan, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on this uh, program of yours. And uh, hopefully what we talk about tonight will touch somebody that... Uh, is struggling with their sobriety, and it might help them. Yeah, that's yep. my only goal. Yep, uh, I believe that you know, always say, well, at least one, right? If just the, one. Just one. One's a, one's a success. One, yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> so let's hope more than two people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your sobriety date? My sobriety date is January fourth, nineteen eighty. And if I survive between now and January, it'll be 42 years. Wow, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's some, uh, as we say around here, a few 24 hours for sure. Yeah, one or two. Um, I'm, I, I'm really struck by, you know, and that was something that hit me real early on. I had a guy, I was, uh, I was knew I was having problems with my alcohol, and I was at a church function with my wife then mostly just because that kept you know her fire off of my tail if i right. would attend those things with her and um and i walk around the corner and i see a guy i work with and there was something inside of me that made me want to jump in the broom closet i mean yeah. i just remembered this like 
you know, if I could dodge him, I would. Right. And uh, and he caught me, and he asked me what I was doing there, and I told him, and I said, what are you, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm waiting for a SAA meeting to start. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and uh, and when he did that, it felt like I really, my memory is of, I could still see his lips moving. It felt like a gong hit me in the head, and I really right. wasn't receiving any signals for a moment. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But I heard two things. And the first thing that he said was that I was waiting on a SAA meeting. And he also said, uh, I've been sober for 20, I think it was 20 years at the time. Wow. And uh, that also, because, you know, when you're new, you don't really realize, you know, you, yeah. this thing is so different from anything you've ever participated exactly. in your life, you know. So all this new data yeah. of that, hey, this guy, you know, it's not just to get sober. You know, there's more to it. Because why would you still be going for 20 years, uh, you know, hope, right. yeah, and still be sober unless there was something here keeping you, keeping you coming back, and some kind of tools or something was working in your life, and and this dude seemed to be a relatively happy, successful dude that I, right. you know, from my, who I worked with, and I had no idea. Well, I came in um, in a state that I knew no one, uh, and. The people, the, the, the meeting that I first, the, well, the second meeting I went to was Mystic's uh, Monday night speaker. It was at 8.30. It was 8.30 to 10, obviously Monday nights, and had two speakers. And back then, uh, you could smoke in the meetings. And what was ironic is that 45 minutes, as they took the break, it was the smoke break. I said, why do you need a smoke break if you're smoking in the meeting in the first place? I just I couldn't wrap my, my, my mind around that. But that's yeah. what they called it. Yeah. And this, this meeting would hold anywhere from 55 to 75 people on any given Monday night. And a newcomer in the meeting considered a newcomer was 15 years. Ooh. And I had a hard time understanding that people would be away from uh, alcohol that long. And one of the gentlemen that I got to meet, um, which I can tell you since he got sober in 1938, his name was Nappy, he's no longer with us. Otherwise he'd be about 200 years old. <laughs> and um, that's the kind of people that I was surrounded by when I came in. And it's important because uh, the average age of that meeting was 28 years, the average. Whoa. And you figure you know, 15, 12 was at the low end. So there's, there's a, a fair amount of people that, had, that were 25 to th 35 years in that range, some obviously longer than that. Um, the, the, the folks there were brutal. Um, it was if they loved you, you got hurt. And that's kind of the way I first experienced AA. It was, it, they didn't care if they hurt your feelings. They didn't care if they made you cry. But if you wanted to get sober, they made sure that they did what they could to prevent you from picking up the next drink. Mm -hmm. And one of the things would be, okay, time, meeting's done, all right, clean the ashtrays. But wait, no, you can clean the ashtrays now. Mm -hmm. I said, but I don't, okay, <laughs> pick up the chairs. I said, wait a minute, I'm doing the ashtrays. When we get done with the ashtrays, you pick up the chairs. Okay, I didn't know, and, and I, sh I share this quite a bit, that I had the opportunity to say no at any given time. I did not know that I had that <laughs> choice. They just, they assigned everything. 
And, of course, I always wanted to be the coffee maker. You haven't earned it. Uh, you had to earn the right to make oh, coffee yeah. in the meeting. Because God forbid you screw up the coffee yeah, no in an AA meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you could get hurt. But it was... Um, kind of like where you have meet things where you can't chair for so much. you got to have so much sobriety to before you can chair meet, some yeah. meetings. And you got to have so much before you can make the damn coffee, too. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. And then one year, okay, you're a GSR now. I said, what's a GSR? It doesn't matter. You're a GSR. We're going to take you to the meeting, and you're going to learn and... From, from there, then you're going to graduate. You'll be um, the chairperson, the treasurer. I mean, they, they assigned you positions within the community, the A community, to introduce you to service work uh -huh. as soon as possible. And, again, I say this is because these things were probably what kept me alive during the, the times that I struggled and uh, had lost my way so to speak. Now, even though I had not picked up a drink, I had moments where I really questioned whether or not AA worked. I really did. And one of the things I can remember, I was about two and a half years sober, and I had gone out to California to visit my brother and went to an AA meeting. And of course, I'm all about rules and regulations. You know, my wife says, you're not the AA police, you're not the parking lot police, you're not the person standing in line police. You know, you just, people are going to do what they're going to do, you got to let them do it. They handed me a notebook and a pen and told me I had to sign in. Well, I'm going back to anonymity as a spiritual foundation. What do you mean you got to sign, sign into an AA meeting? Something's wrong here, this is broken. I pushed it back and I said, no, nah, for the whole week I didn't go. And, you know, I, I really did not have much of an open mind at that moment. When I came back to Connecticut, they told me how well and wonderful I would be out in California. You're so open-minded, Jacques. Good luck. We're here. Hopefully you'll, you'll survive your, your move. And had no idea what they're, the point that they were making, that I was so closed-minded to the idea of, just because AA is like this here does not mean that every single town that I go to, the, the structure of the, the, the meeting is going to be identical. And it took me a while to, to understand that different regions of this country do things differently. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, but there's some minor tweaks. Like around here, I've never read so much literature before the meeting starts as I do here, than right. anywhere else. There's some places they read how it works, and that's it. Yeah. And he, you know, you go to the the lunch bunch, and you and you read. Uh, I don't that. know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 20 minutes in, you're, you're still reading. Yeah. It's which is fine. I'm I'm not complaining. Right. It's just learning to assimilate. Yeah. And, and I want to do what you, you know, my mind instantly wants to jump into, you're not doing this right. You know, exactly. What, what do we do? You know, if it's not the way that my rail is, I instantly want, I think it's, a, I don't know if it's a human or an alcoholic trait, but no. it's and the it, same way we walk in trying to find the differences. Right. You know? And, and that, that, that was the other thing. Um, when I, I was about 30 days sober and I was feeling some heat. I was in the Navy. Of course, the Navy is the one that told me I, I might be an alcoholic. I had. And I didn't think um, I was because my barometer was my father. 
I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever drink like him. I never behaved like him. I never got arrested. I never had an accident. never had a DUI. I never lost a house. never lost a job. I never lost a family. The list goes on ad infinitum. Well, I was 19 years old. I didn't have any of that to lose. So it was like comparing. Oh, you know, you hear this one's got four DUIs. I said, oh, I never had a DUI. Well, you know, I, I lost 12 jobs. Well, I didn't lose 12 jobs. Uh, I got arrested six times. Well, I never got arrested. After I got sober, I got arrested. <laughs> I lost two families, homes, jobs, cars, because of the, the fact that my mind, when I was out in California, had gotten narrower and narrower and narrower. I was no longer open-minded to any degree, really. Um, and I hadn't changed. The second change really was just starting when I moved out there. It shut off. Mm. And I wasn't drinking, and I was, you know, I, I thought I was fine. I thought. I really did. And, of course... When nothing changes, nothing changes. My um, thought process was still the same. I'm married. I'm still chasing skirts. Mm. I'm still hanging out in places that I probably shouldn't be hanging out in. I'm around those people more than I am around people that are in recovery. Still not drinking, but it was getting to um, a point to where... You know, at, at one point, my, my mother, at nine years, thought I was still drinking. Oh, really? Because of my behavior, the way I talked to her, yeah. and just things when I'd go back to visit. And it was <laughs> insulting. What do you mean? Am I drinking? Yeah. No. I haven't had a drink nine years. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm positive about that. Again, not seeing the, the big picture. So we're coming up um, with the, the, the nine years, and I, uh, I was going through a very ugly divorce. Uh, now, this person and I now are friends. I mean, we're good friends now. I mean, I, we stay at her house, and they, she stayed at mine, and we, we, we have been able to reconcile our differences, and um, there's been a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. Because they've noticed a change in me over the last 20 years. But anyway, the divorce was extremely ugly. I got accused of everything short of the Chicago fire. And I'm thinking, so I've had like three or four um, visits to the court. And I'm losing more ground every court date Mm. that I attend. I'm losing more. I'm just, I'm struggling. And then the day came, I got in an automobile accident. Guy ran a red light, totaled my car. I was beat up pretty bad. Um, And had to go to court one more time. And they convinced the judge that I was not a sober person. Really? At nine years, I had to, at a random phone call, be within 24 hours, report 
for a piss test. Mm. Pardon my French. No, Urinalysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to sign, uh, a, a document had to be signed to a minimum of five AA and or NA meetings a week and, and turned into sober. the judge. Nine years sober. Nine years sober. And what's wrong with that picture, people? What's wrong with that picture? If you do nothing to correct the character defects that are attached to your alcoholism, if you do nothing to secure a new design for living, as the book tells us about, to, to find a power greater than yourself, that you will drink again. Or you'll just fade away whether you hang yourself, sleeping pills, shoot yourself, or whatever. And I, and I say that because I got to that point. I truly believed if this was AA, AA did not work. Hmm. AA had failed me. AA failed. It was, a, it was a, a, a cult. It was a joke. There was nothing about this program that was real. My pain was real. This wasn't. And I had made the conscious decision that I could no longer take this pain in my life. It was so intense that it, it, it was that, that knot that you carry when somebody hurts your feelings. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by about tenfold. Wow. And that's what I was walking around in. Mm-hmm. And it had been for the last three or four days. And it got so bad, I decided to consume a, a bottle of my medication and just, that was it. I made the conscious decision. And I was hysterical. I was blubbering all over the place. Um, and, you know, I, and I just mentioned that I've, I had no spiritual foundation of any kind. So the, 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 to enlarge my spiritual life, there was no spiritual life to enlarge. And wondered why I was where I was at. I had no clue whatsoever. I, the, the, to, to, I don't know, sometimes I, 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 I feel that I can't express in, in, in the right terms what kind of pain I was in, not only uh, emotionally uh, and physical. I mean, I, was, I had a physical pain that hurt so bad, mm-hmm. but the spiritual pain, not knowing that there's a spiritual remedy and what that other pain was. I could not identify it. And... The only prayer I had ever said, had, had up to this point ever said, was at the end of the meeting. And that's how kind of how I did it. I just I really didn't believe in that. It's not that I didn't believe in God. I just didn't believe He was. He He didn't care about the society. Accessible. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the world around us. Yeah. Well, I keep now. I, I I look at it. Said, well, if if there's God, why does all this w- war, turmoil, famine? Well, you know, there's a thing called self will, and people who run on self will do things that God does not want to happen. But because He can't mess with the self will, it happens. Which helped me understand some of my fallacies that I had about everything else. So here's this pain. I'm, 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 for a moment, and I literally mean a moment, this, this overwhelming surge of 
desperation came. And I screamed as I was going down the hallway. I mean, literally screamed at the top of my lungs, not asking, but demanding. I demanded that God take that, that, that pain away from me. Oh. I'm getting the heebie-jeebies all yeah. over again. Mm. The knot disappeared that fast. And I froze. I didn't know what I was more afraid of, what just happened, or what I was just about to do. And I stood there, and I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. I had no idea what to do. It's like, okay, I wasn't too sure you even existed, and I've never talked to you. I've never asked you for anything. And I get desperate, and I demanded you do something. You did it. And why did you do that kind of a thing? So I went to the bedroom. I grabbed the full bottle. It was a full bottle. Opened it, put it in the toilet, and flushed it, mm-hmm. and got on my knees. I said, God, I don't know how to pray, but all I can just do is say thank you. I think. I think that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's how it started. My prayer life started that day. Now, I've had, you would think, the burning bush of burning bushes. And that my life would be just, from there on out, I'd be the rock star of AA and this, that. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be, they're going to ask me all over the world to tell my story. And it ain't so. Um, Because I met another woman. Gee, imagine that. And I I moved back to Indiana. Well, I shouldn't say moved back. I for the first time. And I moved to uh, Jasper, Indiana. That's where she was from. And I wasn't. And I found out that that does make a difference in Jasper, Indiana, unfortunately. And not so much today, but it did back uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. It really did. And uh, I was going to meetings, sponsoring people, and things were going going well. I, mean, I was I was involved. I was a GSR again. I was this. I was that. I was opening meetings, closing meetings, doing. Jasper has some. There's some uh, recovery community there. There is. I'll, but the Branchville, I can tell you how many times. I mean, I just I was involved. I was having a good time. I thought until um, my mother-in-law and uh, wife decided that um, I was putting too much interest in AA and not enough into the family. Mm-hmm. I got four small children that are four and under. And I, the deal was you give, give them a bath, put them in bed, then okay, then you can go to a meeting. But that's what you got to do every night. Fine, I don't care. You know, and then you, you got people that would lie about their drinking. I would lie about my meetings. I Because I, I worked in Evansville. And I'm still in Evansville. I'm on my way home. I'm hurrying as fast as I can. I was in Huntingburg at the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's sad that you've got to be dishonest. Yeah, that is. That's interesting. To go to a meeting. Well, things... It's the other way around. I know. It's like, what the hey? So, you, you, again, um, I, I kind of started to rest on my laurels a little bit. I started pulling back. Uh, on the meetings and says it's easy to do it is and it wasn't that I was pulling back on my meetings that was the problem 
The problem was I stopped communicating with my higher power. Mm. I mean, you think about it. When, when AA started out in California, all he had for one year was the big book. And he stayed sober until he found another alcoholic who wanted to get sober. So there's a guy who went whole, the whole year without a single meeting. All he did was read the book and made phone calls. And, but he had the spiritual foundation. He had the tools and used them every single day. Well, I had not only put the tools in the toolbox, I locked the toolbox and put it on the shelf. And the thing was, I really hadn't noticed um, you know, you know, it's getting pretty, pretty rough is when, when you're having shouting matches with, uh, you, the local priest in the parking lot, mm-hmm. calling him a fraud, a phony, and he's a piece of this, that, and everything else. And, you know, they're trying to excommunicate you, which I didn't want to be Catholic in the first place. So you could have excommunicated me and I would have been fine. I'm trying to get kicked out. Yeah. You know, it's just like, but you know, I can't, I can't participate in this program, but yet the soon to be ex-wife can. What, what? Oh, wait a minute. I forget. She's from Jasper. I'm not. And she's from one of the biggest families in Jasper. Mm. I'm not. Okay, fine. So you also know it's bad is when the priest that married you told you that you married into the wrong family. <laughs> they are not very nice people. I said, oh, yeah, now you tell me. Yeah, you know, you could have kind of hinted before. that. Yeah, right? So it's like, you know, I, and I had a couple moments here and there where I thought there might be some hope. Um, some people um, had had reached out, but it was t- kind of too little, too late. In, in the sense that what they had offered, it was 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 not anything that I could see beneficial to my situation, any way, shape, or form. Whether we stayed together, whether we didn't stay together, whether um, I had full custody, no custody, it, shared custody. It, 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 there, was, there was no resolution that I could see. Then I started withdrawing again. And I do mean withdrawing. And it... It had gotten to the point where um, it was December 27th, 1997. Ultimatum. Um, I was sitting in the chair with the nine-month-old, rocking. And she, she made some comment, and I said, well, you know, get used to it. You know, I'm holding my daughter. I've been on the road all week, and you know, or the week before. Then I had a couple of days off for Christmas, and she goes, "Well, if, it's, if you're so damn so un, so unhappy, then leave." I said, "Fine, car bluff." The four-year-old goes, "I'll help you pack, Daddy." Yeah. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. And then the three-year-old goes, "Me too." And they went back and they started pulling clothes out of drawers and off of hangers to put in garbage bags. I thought, hmm. I lived about 10, not, not quite 10 minutes from the house to the, the, where the ho- couple hotels were in Jasper. And by the time I got there, went to check in for the night, 
she'd already had all the credit cards canceled. Oh, right. I had nothing. There was a gentleman who was, that was in a program, I won't mention his name, um, that was building a house in Huntingburg. And the basement was open. I mean, it wasn't done. There's no windows or doors in the basement, but the, the roof was on, and um, they're, they're coming on the windows and doors. But I didn't know where else to turn. I went there, and I swear to God, 1997, December, it's snowing, and I'm on a park bench mm. with nowhere to go. And I bounced around and around and Living around like 17 from... 17 years sober. Yeah, yeah. Coming up, I mean, right around the corner to 18. <coughs> and I'm thinking, oh my God, here we go again. What the hell? And um, now I got to work. I, 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 I get served tw- not once, but twice. And... Again, I'm looking at, well, how the hell did this happen? I thought everything was hunky-dory. You had my back, God. You know, I thought, why, why is life the way it is again? And all I could see was he turned his back on me, hmm. that I was doing something so wrong that I was not worth the energy. And I don't usually say it that way, but... As uh, uh, um, another member of our tribe, being in recovery, you know that sometimes we feel that we're, we, 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 we had that inferiority complex. Yeah. And I was thinking how less I was of everybody else now. And the more things started to happen again, it's like, wait, my God. even the attorney I got basically says, oh, just... Whatever they want, just just go with it. Well, he was from Jasper, and he knew the family. He would. It's like, well, either you're going to defend me or help me or not. He was didn't even want to didn't even want to help me. Hmm. Now I know I'm in the fix here. This is this isn't getting good. Uh, and so I, I I I get the first round. I had two kids from the first marriage. Now I got four. This was not six. Wow. I'm paying $1,300 a month in child support now. That's what the order total. I can't afford a place to live. I can't afford food. My mom is sending, it's, I, I, I found this place and uh, I took a job part-time at Shoney's in Jasper. The part-time was 52 hours a week. Mm. That was my part-time job. Plus my 40 hour a week job that I had selling building materials. So I was working 90 hours a week wow. just so I could pay for a roof over my head, food in my stomach, and to keep my vehicle. And my mom was sending me boxes of food and stuff, uh, just care packages. It got to the point where the depression and and the, the remorse just, I couldn't even get out of bed. Yeah. I could not get out of bed to go to work. And my landlord would come and see my truck in the driveway, unlock the door, come in, and, and tell me to get my ass out of bed. you got to go to work. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be at work 
7 o'clock, it's 9 in the morning, and I'm still in bed. And, and just my, my life was, was just caving in around me again. But I wasn't seeing the parallels from the first nine to the second nine because I think we're going pretty decent for about seven of those years. It was just the last two that, that started to get stupid. Second burning bush experience. Hmm. Some people, they don't believe in the first. My sponsor did not believe in my first one. Hmm. He didn't believe in burning bushes at all. Huh. But he was a very spiritual man. Um, uh, I, I, I had a lot of respect for him. I called him up and, um, well, actually, what had happened just before this was, um, that was in, I believe, March. So it was February, end of February. Things were going so bad that I had a moment. It was about one in the morning when it first hit. But by four in the morning, I wanted to, for the first time in 18 years, I wanted to drink more than I wanted to be sober. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care what you thought. I really didn't care because you know what? I've been doing this gig for 18 years, and it's look what it's happened. Up yours, kind of a uh, attitude at this point. And I didn't, and I forgot that there was blue laws. You know, it was a Sunday. Yeah, right. You know, it's like. So. Yeah, that just ended just not so awful long ago. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? So it's like this. I didn't call my sponsor until, I don't know, 7 8 o'clock the next morning. So I, I had this ruminating in my head all this time. Yeah beat myself up even more so trying to convince myself that this is it, it, it was not worth it anymore to continue and he says Jacques he said obviously you've uh, forgotten what's what's important in, you know, enriching your your um, spiritual life you know that there's a God he says and if you don't think there's a God then think about this he allowed you to have all this happen at four in the morning, mm -hmm. not four in the afternoon. Because just think, if it was four in the afternoon, where would you be right now? I thought, well, it's, you know, whatever. You know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I didn't drink, and I just, I got to go to work. And that, that was the extent of the phone call. Still wasn't working, still wasn't happy, and I decided that I'm done. Call my sponsor, have him meet me at Shoney's in Jasper to tell him that I'm done. Say goodbye. Um, you know, went and you know, got, the, got the hose. It's going to run in the exhaust through the oh, back really? window, and I'm done. I mean, I, I already bought the stuff. I'm ready to go. I just wanted to let him know because he was the only one that seemed to care about me at all. So I wanted to at least let him give him the courtesy of saying goodbye, and he's trying to convince me not to. And I said, I said, uh, we're just let me come up with a name, uh, Frank, we'll say, or Ralph, or George, whatever. 
Uh, George. I like George. I said, said, George, there's nothing you can say at this point that's going to change my mind. I said, I'm just, I'm done. I'm tired. And he's trying to figure out, you, you can see him trying to grasp something out of the air to say that wasn't happening. So we're sitting there, and I'm about ready to get up and go. And we're right by the hot bar in Shoney's. All of a sudden, this attractive young lady comes walking over around. And I just told you that he does not believe in burning bush experiences of any kind whatsoever. I don't even know if he believed in the burning bush with Moses. I don't think, I mean, seriously. She comes over and she goes, hi. You're in trouble, aren't you? Huh? She says, God told me you're in trouble, that I needed to come over here and talk to you. I'm looking at her. I'm looking at him. Okay, I got it. He goes, I said, mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're struggling. I said, do I know you? She goes, no, I don't, don't think so. Do you know doesn't know either one of us. And I'm looking at, uh, what did I call him, George? George, with these beady eyes, because I know I was burning holes through him. And she's going on uh, about the, the turmoil that I'm going through. And I've never seen this person ever in Jasper. And I've seen just about, I mean, at that, that many years ago, you do just about everybody in Jasper. You've seen him at least once on the street. I've never seen this person on the street. She goes, what do you want? And I said, what do you mean, what do I want? She goes, what do you want? And I don't know. And she grabbed my hand and slammed it on the table and yelled, almost yelled at me, what do you want? Um, my family back? In the question. She goes, yes, f- small children. Yeah, four of them. Now I know he set, he set me up. Because how in the hell does this stranger know that I have four small children? And at this time, his mouth is literally on the table. Just, and he can't believe what's happening. And at this point, I'm not sure I believe what's happening. And she grabbed my hand so hard that it actually hurt. And she said, so, and to this day, I, I, I try to remember the exact words she said. I, I'm not sure, but all I know is I turned, looked at her, and down she went on her knees, holding onto my hand with a death grip, the other one in the air, praying over me out mm. loud in Shoney's. And not a person looked. It was like we weren't even there. Hmm. And she's praying, and da 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 And I'm, I'm, again, I'm getting the goosebumps. It just... And my sponsor's freaking out. He is stone white. I mean, this has totally caught him uh, just totally off guard. To, to that, that I can't even come up with a, a great um, description, but he was freaked out. So after she got done, she went back to wherever she was sitting, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trembling, literally. I mean, I'm vibrating. And... Uh, What the hell just happened again? This is during the time of a TV show called um, Touched by an Angel. Mm-hmm. Della Reese and then, yeah, what's his name in Young Wings or whatever her name was. So I come walking around the corner 
And at the table was an, when I say older woman, older than she was, a young gentleman, her, and a Bible open on the table. And I free, that set me right over the edge. All The first thing was touched by an angel was real. Mm. And... Um, you haven't just been touched by an angel. Literally. And nine years later, at 27 years, another major catastrophe happens. Hmm. Got embezzled. Lost everything. Everything. And you know what went through my mind? I need to go to a meeting and, and um, let some people know that I got a little situation going on and not without going into any detail, but you know what? Hey, this is the deal, and I'm struggling right now. And the difference between 9, 18, and 27, this, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, because shortly after that had happened, I got into so many Joe and Charlie Big Book studies, book meetings. I started tearing this book apart because I, I got a new sponsor, and he started back with the doctor's opinion, and we went paragraph by paragraph all the way through and told me, when you get done, do it again. When you get done, do it again. When you get done, do it again. I said, so when do I stop? When you die. He said, because this is our textbook. This is going to keep you sober. This is going to give you the, the direction that you're going to need in times of trouble. And when, when that happened at 27, and I sat there, and I was like the duck that's just in the water, but the, 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 the web feet are going a million miles an hour underneath the water. You know, on the surface, it looked like I'm just, you know, I have a thing. This is, we've had a major financial um, eruption and da 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 da. And the people were absolutely taken back. They said, but you've got all this time. You're not supposed to be having difficulties or be unhappy or, or this or that. But I said, yeah, life happens, people. And if you don't have the armor, if you don't have the, the, the tools to dig out of that rut, you're screwed. Because you're either going to drink again or you're going to die. There's two reasons why we go back out. One, we hold back a reservation that maybe, like in the story of the gentleman after 25 years of not picking up a drink, decided that, hey, I've been successful businessman. I quit drinking, and da, da, da. now I can sit back, relax, and have a couple of drinks. Four years later, he's dead. Yep. Picked up where he left off. Or it's because you fail to enlarge your spiritual life, your maintenance of your spiritual condition in a 24-hour period. It's like Dr. Bob says, quit good and for all. You have to make that decision. You have to be able to look yourself in that mirror and say, I never want to drink again, ever. But it's based on 24 hours. 
And that's where people, well, I'm unequipped for one day. I said, no, well, you know what? I hope that maybe outside of these rooms, maybe with your sponsor, you told me you never want to drink again and you'll go to any length. You will thoroughly follow our path. Because if you're going to say, I'd, all I have to worry about is not wanting to drink for 24 hours, you're, you're, you're leaving a, a, too much wiggle room. Because God's not the only one that, that hears us. He's not the only one that knows what we're thinking. He's not, he's, he, he, he will do his best to protect us as long as we are willing to be open-minded and willing to have him direct our words and our actions but if you believe in God, you got to believe in Satan and Lucifer, that he's going to do whatever he can to corrupt you and corrupt your thinking again, to get you just the mind of the chronic alcoholic that has disappeared through the completion of these steps based on the, the, the spiritual main, or the, the, the um, contingency and the, uh, the spiritual maintenance of our foundation or spiritual condition. I like to say foundation, because my foundation, first, I didn't have one. Second one was built on sand. And when the crap hit the fan, when the storm came, it washed it right out. Since then, it's been built on rock. And since 1998, I have not had a conscious thought of a drink since 1998. Mm. Time I think about drinking or alcohol is in the meeting. I have no reason to think about alcohol because I believe this book. I trust this book. I trust that the, the people that went before me knew what they were doing. And to, to be able to see so many people that, that, that have reached so many years of sobriety Today, now, I can say, you know what, yeah, I think it works and works pretty damn well. Mm, yeah. Because in spite of me, in spite of all my shortcomings and, 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 and my closed-mindedness and, and my unwilling to be honest with myself, I'm still here and I'm still sober. It talks about in the book that even old-timers who skimp on step five, will pay dealer, dearly later on in their sobriety, and I did. I, I, I did not do a thorough fourth or fifth. I got by with just as little as I thought I could, hmm. and I did that. I, mean, I, was, I, I was Cliff Notes guy all the way through until the second debacle in my life. The big difference is I've got this today, and I didn't before. And I, and, and people, I, I know they see me coming and go, no, oh, Jesus, here he comes with the big book. Oh, my God, we got to listen to that. But you know what, people? It saved my life. And I, I am not ashamed of, of, of talking about the book every time I go to a meeting. And I used to, for a long time, I didn't share at meetings. And I had uh, a good friend of mine, uh, it was my sponsor down in Florida. I said, you know what, Jacques, with everything that's gone on in your life, everything that you have been through, you need not to keep your mouth shut at meetings. He says, because there's somebody that needs to hear what you have to offer. And I said, I'm not all that. He says, it's not you. It's the experience that you went through 
and was able to come out on the other side. Because they may be at that point where they don't think they can come out on the other side. But if they hear that you did, maybe they'll come up to you after the meeting and say, how did you do it? Because I'm there and I can't. There's no can't. It's either I won't or I will. And I did a lot of I can'ts. And I did a lot of I won'ts and and a lot of I never will to... Now it's like, do I really have to? Oh, crap. Okay, fine. If that's what I got to do to keep the engine purring, then that's what I got to do. And I'm, I'm not anything special. I still grumble. I still have moments where I got to do a 10-step and say, oh, crap, I got to make an amends. I don't want to, but I got to. Um, how long can I wait? To make the amends, and then it's usually I get that voice that says, the person's within f- three minutes of you in the other room. Get your ass up and go make the amends now. It's like, oh, God. You know, it's just the subconscious. It talks about it in step 10. becomes part of the normal thought process, which used to be an intuitive thought at times. Now becomes a, 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 um, 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 a daily practice in the way we think. I would never have known that if I hadn't read the book. Right. The, ten ste- the, the, the hope that te- the, step, the step 10 gives us is that sanity will return. That means I can st- I, I, the mind of the chronic alcoholic has been removed. The drink problem no longer exists. It's like, how does that happen? Following a few simple rules. It's that simple. But it's too simple. No, not really. It, we just want to complicate it. Yeah. I mean, think about your... When, when I listen to your story, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> I, I, I see a lot of me in, 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 in you. And, I'm, and the, 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 the big difference was you didn't have to hit... Um, the Chinese wall at 100 mile an hour on a motorcycle, like I did, to 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 wake up. You had the the the, the just the, the nice strong nudges that said, "Yo, we got to do a little uh, reboot here." I I never thought about reboot. I just thought about unboot, and it just I don't know. It, today. It's like my wife made a comment. She goes, you, you, you changed again. I said, is that good, bad, or indifferent? She goes, well, I think it's good, but you're going to a lot of meetings now. I said, yeah, a lot more than I normally do. But you know what? You told me I needed to go to the lunch bunch and get involved. So that's five more than what I was before I was going to the lunch bunch because I, 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 I had my four meetings. And I was, that's, I was happy with the four. Well, now I do those five. And then I do one here, and then I do one there. And then now it's 10 meetings, well, now it's 11. And, and I said, so what do you see different? She says, AA's working up here. A lot better than it did down in Florida. I said, it's not broken up here. There's f- true fellowship up here. I believe that. There wasn't down there. There's too much of what they can get and not what they can give. Hmm. Here, it's what they can give, and they want to give it. That's a big difference. And I said, you know, I, I, I got people. Where were you? You were at the meeting. Are you alive? 
I only missed one meeting. Give me a break. What? <laughs> I'm not used to that. I haven't had that in 20 years. And it's it it's comforting to know that Yeah, you're going to have just just like employment. You can have a boss that is the greatest boss in the world. He leaves, the next one comes in is a jerk. Is and and just you don't want to have anything to do with them. You want to stay away from them. And it's all me, 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 my, 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 and no, you, you, you. Whereas that one goes, then the next one comes in, and it's like we. It's all we. We, not I, not you, we. And when I first started, moved up here December 19, the pandemic hit shortly thereafter. Yeah. Said, well, you know, I've been here before where I have you know, meetings. I just make sure I'm, I'm, I'm in my book. I'm doing my prayers, my meditation. I'm giving of myself to um, other family members that were in need. So I was, I had no concerns or threats of, of, of thinking that my, my, my um, that rear, ugly head would rear itself again. And it's like I, I, when, when meetings started to open up again, I said, people, if you cannot stay sober for a couple of months because there's no meeting that you can go to, then there's not much that's going to keep you sober for a long period. Because if, if AA collapsed tomorrow, in other words, be, we're in like Russia and it's illegal yeah. because Communist Party, you have to list all the people in your organization. Well, that ain't, isn't going to happen. What would you do? Would you be able to stay sober? Not saying don't go to meetings. No, 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 no. But take a look at the, the, the extreme end of the spectrum because anything is possible, anything. And today for the first, well, not Today, January or January, November third. Um, but over the last few years, I'm I'm at a point that if uh, AA became illegal in this country for some stupid reason, and and we couldn't go to meetings unless you take a chance of going to prison, I could stay sober as long as they didn't take this away from me. I wouldn't like not being able to go to meetings and share my experience, strength, and hope and meet the other people because the fellowship yeah. is what keeps us alive. Because if we have fellowship, that means we are communing together. A cup of coffee, going to a meeting, going fishing, going to a movie, going whatever. We're participating in each other's recovery. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at today. Human connection. Yeah, exactly. They, they, yeah, you, you got to have it. You really do. It just it makes it a hell of a lot easier. For yeah, if for that really us. Is, it's running through my head, like if they, if if all of a sudden we couldn't practice AA anymore, <laughs> or however that would happen, you know, like I was also go through the scales, like well, I'd have secret meetings in. Exactly. Or, uh, you know. Uh, but I hear what you're also saying is that, you know, it'd be kind of like if you were on a, let's say you were on a deserted island, you had a strong foundation, spiritual foundation, 
if you could just if you could rely and stay keep maintaining that regardless of whether if you had like because I think I got enough of this big book in me now. Now it's wet ink, right? That's kind of the one of the things you read this book, and right. like well, something says something different to you this time exactly. that you didn't see before. And I believe that's a uh, ad infinitum also. Uh-huh. Uh, that 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 real true spiritual documents will do that. Right. And uh, so I would lose the benefit of being able to read it, but I would at least have the foundation of what I know today. Right. Uh, that I that I believe I could survive on. I may not thrive like you will if you continue to practice this. Uh, you know, one of the things about taking another guy through the work right. is accidental rereading of the book words <laughs> all the time. You're yeah. always in the book. I've got a new guy that um, was... He didn't know me. I didn't know him. Um, I get a text message... Um, and I thought, okay, who are you? And you know, it's from Kentucky. And um, Randy, who used to do the food up at the lunch bunch, she, I guess she works out of the court system or something. There's somebody there that um, was was hungry for the steps and getting involved. And she uh, sent them my way, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we we start started uh, um, hooking up. So it's. You know, and the, the, I bring that up for only one reason. It's like, uh, how willing are you, to, or what length are you willing to go to? Well, you know, it's a 45-minute drive to where he lives. And I got to do that at least once a week to go over the steps with him. Okay, that's fine. There's a uh, father, um, oh, my God, he's found California. This guy is funnier and I don't know what. He talks about... Um, how far are you willing to go? What lengths are you willing to stay sober? And there was a gentleman that was high up in the Solidarity Party of Poland. Um, this is thirty something about 30 years ago. He was talking about this. And got a 12th, st- of course... Poland was a communist country at that time. Solidarity was pushing for democracy. And Wakulensa, it was during his time. And um, guy gets a 12-step call. The guy happened to be high up in the uh, um, Communist Party. Hmm. Um, police department or something or whatever. I can't, it wasn't the KGB, but it was... The ministry. And it's like, okay, this guy could put you to prison for life, the rest of your life, or just have you disappear forever. And the guy made the 12-step call because he truly believed that either way, it would would haunt him. Obviously, he survived it because he was able to tell the story. Now... At the risk of injuring them or others, uh, I got to believe that this man had to be single because it, the, the the injury to others could have been his family. So you know that we look at that, and that's another thing is oh well, you know I uh, injure them or others. I, I'm another. No, you're not. <laughs> well, you know you gotta you gotta be you no. Know, don't be so hard on yourself. Baloney. It says we are hard on ourselves. 
we 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 don't take it easy and and, and there's 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 different points in this book that contradict half of what you hear sometimes in meetings because it's you hear a hip slick I'm too far away hip slick cool statement like oh I'm closer to my next drink than I, uh, or closer to my next drink than I was from my last. Well, you just told some, everybody that you're going to get drunk again. Mm-hmm. You're telling a newcomer then why bother if you're getting closer to the next drink? You're not getting closer to the next drink unless you're not doing what I like me. If you're doing what I was doing the first 18 years, you're probably damn right. Yeah. You're probably real close. But if you're doing the deal, the insurance is. You got that twenty-four hour reprieve because you're 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 filling in all the little cracks in the mortar of your foundation. And if you're doing that every day, you can handle the stuff. Yep. You can. I, you know, I've lost a father. I've lost grandparents. I've lost a brother uh, since I've been sober. Two families from two divorces. A business. Like certain trials and low spots. It's going to be there. Stuff happens. This. Life continues. It's, are we prepared to deal with it, accept it, battle it, whatever, however you want to choose the terminology. But are, are, are we in the position that we can weather that storm? Right. And for so long, I got to believe that God deliberately allowed me to go through such pain emotionally, spiritually, uh, and and there's some physical too, um, because there's people out there that need to hear it. And and that's, please, I, I, I know I'm not all that. But it's got, there's got to be a reason. You know, you, I, I was in a meeting the other day, and somebody said, well, God, everything's for a reason in God's world. You know, I said, well, then I guess me raising my hand and going to share and reading out of this book, but exactly is because that's what he wanted me to do. So you all got to hear it now because that's according to his plan. And, of course, you get a couple of chuckles and a couple of, but, hey, you know what? Yeah, both sides. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like. Either it is or it isn't. You can't when it when it suits your narrative, but if it doesn't, then oh no no well not this time that really well no oh yeah it does either it does or it doesn't either God is or God isn't, and it took me a long time to get to that point in my life is God is or God isn't and it's only been the last twenty two years of my sobriety. God, can you imagine? I and I look back and I think to myself. How in the hell did I not succeed in ending my life both times? I just, direct intervention, the burning yeah. bush. But how many people don't get that? Or they do, but they don't see it. They don't realize it. And they they just... They don't answer the phone. No. It's kind of, you know, the it's call a, is made. Yeah. And I'm choosing to ignore the the ringing telephone, and yeah. I guess that's part of my free will to do so. Exactly. And, uh, I and don't we, know. Did, we lose. I never knew death like I knew it after I come into 
AA, you know, uh, it was surprised. Well, another one of the things that surprised me, you know, we, we get these surprises, these things right. that we didn't know this was what it was going to be like. Uh, and the amount of people I saw dying or in the circles around me, right. uh, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. You know, the obituaries don't rarely ever say uh, what that is. And today yeah. I know what it is, you know, and, and I can also look back at my life yeah. of people I've lost in the past and go, right. Oh, they died of alcoholism. <laughs> that nope. wasn't a car crash. That the, wasn't a suicide. The the one thing that I I've almost forgot to mention, and sorry, honey, I I wasn't totally going to forget you, because um, I'm sure you're still listening. My current wife, um, I, I and of course the joke is I say my third wife, and she says no, I'm his his last. Uh-huh. We've been married longer than the first two combined. Uh-huh. And she has seen me through literally my darkest. Because um, I suffer from PTSD also from the military. And and I didn't know I had it until after I got into the book and I was struggling. And it was right about the time that the embezzlement happened. And um, that's when I found out another member of the program who suffered from it also uh, thought I was going to just jump off a cliff. And um, she hung in there. Hmm. She didn't have to. I gave yeah. her the option multiple times. I said, you don't need to go through this. You, you, you don't need to be a part of this. I don't blame you. I would throw me to the curb. She wouldn't do it. She's hung in there and hung in there. Now, do we have our issues? Yeah, and it's usually because I'm I get grumpy. I get I get called the grumpy old man because I get I get I get frustrated because I'm I I get kind of black and white with my grandkids. It's like I'm gonna tell you once, don't do that again. Okay, oh you do it again. There's consequences. Okay, you're not going to have any uh, computer time for the rest of the day, or or whatever. Um, so, but the thing is, it, it's. I look at structure today, how important it actually is. Not total black and white. There is gray. Life is gray. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I, as much as I want it to be black and white, it's not. The structure is I trust my higher power. I'm, I'm, because I've had, I'm, that's only, I trust my wife. But other than that, it's hard for me to trust people, and it has been for a long time, and that's starting to come back. Yeah. Um, and um, respect. My biggest thing is, you know, you may disrespect me, and I might get irritated and say, "Don't do that again." But you dis- disrespect my family, then we got an issue, because they don't deserve disrespect because they're married to me or related to me or, or whatever. They have nothing to do with that. I'm sorry. But you happen to have the same bloodline, so. But there's 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 things that. Um, she's been able to overcome. Sharing. My PTSD with me and my my recovery with me that, um, because of that, has allowed her to see. what it's like to be in these shoes. 
sitting there and listening to a health professional say, hey, if he says he doesn't know, he literally means he does not know. When you ask him, he goes, I don't know, because he doesn't know. Or if he says, I don't care, means he literally doesn't care. If you want to do it, he's fine with that. If you don't want to do that, he's fine with that. It's that simple. And, and then, of course, I had to look at that there's, she drops subtle bombs that I don't always catch. It's like, yeah. you, know, you know, it'd be nice if you would take the garbage out um, tonight before the garbage truck comes in the morning instead of, will you please take out the garbage? Oh, okay. You know, it's like, <sighs> those little subtle bombs. And it's like, and the reason why I share that that way is the subtle bombs that we get in, in our recovery sometimes just goes right over our heads. Mm-hmm. And you can have the same message, but it comes from a different person and it'll be received because maybe just the the inference in one little part of uh, of the sentence mm-hmm. that you didn't have that they did that was the switch that they needed to, yeah. to get so the subtle things about I how, know. What, how how this human thing will hear one th- hear the same message yeah but I only really heard it I only could really hear it here I listened to the same message at both places but I could really exactly only. and that's a certain some of what like these spiritual principles are somewhat like that I would say like they have to be like tied in the color bow I will accept before you give them to me and they're basically all the same yep but there's no difference uh, it has to be handed to me in the way and everything it is you know it kind of has to be my idea too oh I will do this now <laughs> Yes, he said it, my idea, before it gets done. I, yeah, so if you're sitting at home laughing, I get that. Okay. If it's my idea, then it gets done. Yeah. If it's somebody else's idea, it sits on the back burner. Well, you know, oh. I, now I didn't have the big, long, drawn-out thing. You didn't. I feel blessed of that because my, my, between my first AA meeting and my mm-hmm. current sobriety date was four years. Uh, and I stumbled around, and mm-hmm. I was trying to do this in other ways, you know. And for four years, people appointed to me how to make this thing work and stick. Right. Uh, but and I, I dabbled with it, mm-hmm. but I didn't really fully invest in it until the consequences was deep enough to where it was, you know, it was the thing to me for whatever reason. It seems a little crazy now today to think that that's what happened, but it seemed to me that that was something that may keep me out of prison. Yeah. You know, it wasn't guaranteed it was going to keep me out of prison. But some people in my life were convincing me that it was the best chance I had. Best chance. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And then I had a sponsor take me through this work in detail, mm-hmm. you know, and, and explain a lot of what was going on in here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I had that experience, that vital spiritual experience, fairly quickly. It wasn't like burning bush thing. It was more like over the course of working yeah. the steps. I the educational that, variety. I had that uh, that huge arrangement displacements and rearrangements mm-hmm. um, saw things in a different way than I right. used to see them and uh, but enough like it's from Scott Lee uh, mm-hmm. a speaker he uh, and I do use his last name he does went to podium too uh, he said I, I had a revelation I thought you know what I'll work these steps you know and you know what a revelation is it's what you all been telling me for years I should do and when it becomes my idea, 
it's a revelation. And it's similar to what happened and, and how that all, you know, it's kind of the same thing yeah. about hearing that story from certain people right. and it touches and how that, you know, what made, what, what arranged me to land at this Tuesday night men's meeting that all of a sudden I started hearing. Right. And I started seeing something that looked attractive to me. I saw, started seeing guys demonstrate and model something that I would like to have. Right. Uh, you know, I could have easily not gone to that meeting. I actually had to ask a guy to take me. Yeah. Uh, and and just how these these little twists and turns and inches and seconds end up being mm-hmm. big difference makers when you look back right. on them. Well, you know, you're talking about when when um, you think of it, it gets done. It's a, I'm going to share the mailbox story. You always ask me, my wife, but we mailbox got backed into it when we were living in Florida. And I stuck it back on the post. And it sat there just fine. For five years, it, every once in a while it would fall off. i just stick it back on the post. And, she, and of course, she's like, you know, you need to attach that. I said, it's fine. It's sitting on the post. The only time it gets knocked over is if it gets real windy. If we're in Florida. It gets yeah, windy. Right. Well, then we go to sell the house because we're moving up here. I went out, there was an egg bolt in it. It took me five years yeah. before I secured it to the five four by four. Five minutes. Oh, my God. Uh, of course, she, she has shared that among other family members, and they just kind of look at me like, really? I said, well, hey, it, it wasn't a problem to me. Well, we're moving. Now it's a problem. i got to yeah. fix it. But it's I'm I, and it's funny because it you pick and choose things when it comes to to um, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous the and the way this this functions um, today I don't I don't do that I don't wait until I think it's my it, it, that it's my idea. Um, <laughs> It's like character defects. They said, well, you know, I'm humbly ready to have them, remove them. But the book even tells us, if you're not willing to let them go, they're not going anywhere. you got to be willing to let God take them. Yeah. You can say, yeah, God, you can take them, but uh, I'm going to just hold on to it for a little bit longer. Well, yeah, you are going to hold on to it a little bit longer. You're going to hold on to it and hold on to it. It's that... Um, the author, Sermon Fox, Around the World in 365 Days, talks about the bear hugging the pot. And he grabs, because he smells the food, and grabs the pot because he wants the food. Well, the pot is so hot that it burns the bear. Well, instead of letting go, the bear squeezes harder. Natural instinct for the bear is, and it keeps on doing it, it keeps on doing it tighter and tighter and tighter until the hot pot kills him. Instead of letting go yeah. and letting God, he held on to it and tried to fight it himself and it killed him. Yeah. And, you know, the first time I read that, I was like, damn. You sure this guy didn't know me before I was born or something? Because that, that was me. Because I held on to everything, to nearly killed me. Today I tried my best 
to let things go. Um, you know, I don't have um, a lot of fears today because I really do have a lot of faith that God's going to do for me what I can't and the things that I need to um, do the legwork on. Um, I may need a nudge or a swift kick in the butt, but I'm going to get up and eventually do it and knowing that I have to. Uh, and I tend to be, and I was like this in school, I got a final exam that's worth 50% of my year grade. I'm going to wait the night before. Yeah. And, I'm going to, yeah. and I usually do very well. I tend to wait to the last minute to do a lot of things. But it just seemed, I seem to operate a little better at times when I do that mm-hmm. on, on most things. It's, like my wife says, you can justify anything. I said, damn right I can. Just watch. Yeah. And, and my son does that too. He goes, Dad, you can justify everything. I said, No, you're doing a pretty good job yourself. I wonder where you got that from. Must be your mom, huh? <laughs> it's it's been a wonderful ride, um, even with all the uh, nightmares, all the all the terrors. Uh, I truly believe that I wouldn't be me today without them. I would be empty. Yeah. I would have nothing to offer. What it says, you know, sometimes when it says "die" in there, it may not mean the actual physical death, but our spiritual. When I'm my, my spiritual being, Dying to this thing yeah. says it's not the. You know, one of the things is, you know, when I got here, I thought they were trying to talk. You know, I thought they were knocking me around because I didn't have any religion. Yeah. You know, I thought that's what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong. What they were pointing out in me is that my very spirit, my soul, my essence was sick, and that's what we were trying to heal. Yeah. didn't have anything to do with so long that's the spiritual maintenance concept in my world yeah i was terminal and, uh, <laughs> and and you know and you don't have to be uh, alcoholic, alcoholic to be spiritually sick either no it comes in lots of forms yeah um people don't understand there's a lot of people that have uh, and i know I, I, I almost had a hard hard time understanding no, that they that they don't realize how sick they actually are or can be even going to meetings and going through the steps with a sponsor that, uh, you know, like the old adage, you're as sick as your deep, darkest secrets. Mm -hmm. And um, I had one that, that haunted me for a long time, um, for a long time. And I finally was able to um, unload that and realized that I was far from being unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of knew that you know, if it's happened to me it's, it's, or other people have experienced the same um, traumas in their life, um, but I only really got the real dose of that here. Yeah. When, you know, like the original Me Too, to some extent, when you're doing a fist step or what, you know, how many things we, we all kind of did this yeah. and we think we're the only ones that possibly could have gone through this and we're ashamed of it or any number mm-hmm. of different feelings around it. And mm-hmm. uh, the comfort in finding that, you know, you're not alone here, just like mm-hmm. with the alcoholism, that's it, that, that community connection uh, yeah. that, that is so valuable. There's, there's so many little pieces of this, you know, 
And, and like you're saying, you know, yeah, well, well, first time you go through steps, you're only going to have the ability to clean up so much. You can't take such a bite out of it. You know, we don't have the ability to like, uh, Bill says, we are not saints. Exactly. We're not going to uh, do that. And that's part of the thing about going through it again and again and again is that I get to dig deeper and the old onion philosophy of the peeling open and, and new defects right. appear that maybe weren't there at some time. You know, and, and I and they've came, and now it's not that it's an old defect. I'm just running around to getting. It's one I picked up somewhere along the path. Yeah, and it's just you know the willingness, and and today it's it's like I'm not sure if, if you had mentioned it or was this the speaker that came the week after? I can't remember that, or I mean, later that week that I listened to um, talked about you. When you d- did the fourth and fifth step the first time, you did you were as thorough as you could have been at that time, with with wh- where your brain was at, with your um, ability to um, have total recall of um, transgressions and, and right. things like that. Um, my biggest problem is a lot of people. I can't remember their names. Yeah, I was and taught to say. Yeah. Dude with the red beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, girl at the bridge. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know. oh, under the pine tree around the... the yeah, it just... It, it, it's, it's, it's odd that, you know, forgive and forget is, is easy because I forget. Yeah. I forget the people, a lot of them. I mean, there's just... I had one come back to me, one of those very things. The, the girl at the bridge, eventually her name... Came to you. Came back. There you go. Uh, I couldn't get it. I couldn't pull it out of my memory banks for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And it was like years later, you know, from school. Oh, I know her name now. You know, where is that notebook? But it's funny since I've been um, in um, sobriety after the first 10 years, the last 30, my, my memory is of, of people is... Is pretty good. Yeah, um, I can I can remember. I, m- I might have to think for a minute or two, or four o'clock in the morning to come to me and I'm like, hey, I remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah, remembering people's name is a gift that was given to me here for some reason. I can usually remember people's yeah. names, and it's come in pretty handy at times yeah. because I see a guy in maybe a couple times, and then I don't see him again for a couple of years, and when he I see him again, I can say, hi, Brian. Yeah. And he's going, huh? Yeah. Uh, how do you remember me? Well, you came here a couple of years ago, didn't you? Well, I don't think I, you'd remember me. Every once in a while, someone would come up to me and, and call me out by name, and I'm looking at him like, I have no idea who the hell you are. Hi, how you doing? I had a guy do it at the subway today. I stopped for lunch, and a guy come up and said, Dan Reeves. And I turned around, and, and I remembered the face, but I couldn't pull the name, you know. And... Uh, I, I I hate when that happens. Yeah, me too. It, uh, and then don't later on down the road, yeah, yeah, I'll like, wait oh, and it'll yeah. be sometime over the weekend or something that the name will come back to me. Yeah, uh, um, I don't know. It's these just, tools really, you know, the, and I don't, you know, that's why I do the podcast and and why I walk around, hopefully, being the best version of a big book that I can be in any given mm-hmm. day. I don't always succeed there, but uh, that's my aim. Know. Yeah, and um, is that. I've watched these tools. Well, you know, 
the, what happened was I when when they actually started working on me and I saw this similar to when you were saying that you made these prayers because this that's another thing that my sponsor has a similar story where he made this cussing thrashing demanding prayer of God yeah and God answered it the next morning yeah. you know and his, you know and he didn't didn't seem like a prayer that would be what you know would be taught somewhere right uh, and and it worked this big passionate yeah. All measure, all yeah, in any length type of uh, of prayer, mm-hmm. uh, and and another thing my sponsor has in common is that he had less than what's available sobriety for like eighteen years, and then the right teacher came into his life, and showed him something right. that he hadn't. That and, and you know at the time he's like, hold on, you know. They've been holding out on me. Uh, what was this? Some kind of initiation that I had to go through for this long? Yeah. And you just, you know, at, at this time I get to, I get to the the golden key today. Uh, but it was just hitting the right teacher, and and a similar thing happened to me. Except for it was four years in instead of eighteen. The right teacher mm-hmm. landed in my path, uh, opened this book, showed me what that what these things meant. Uh, didn't allow me to shuck and jive them. The way that I would want to mm-hmm. argue what certain things in there meant, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, reinterpret, and uh, and now I get to do that, you know. And there, I really do. I love taking somebody through this work, and I, you know, I've had a number of people who followed in my directions, you know, and I like, and all of a sudden their life transformed and their wife likes them again and their kids like them again and their parents like them again and their employer likes them again and they begin to like that, you know, uh, and and they see the same thing and and then they go taking this to somebody else, you know, and that continues this, you know, and it's really, uh, it feels like, Today, it feels like that's what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one thing, you know, I, I do a little, I make a little sawdust out here to make some money to pay some bills and I go fix people's doorknobs and, and other things to keep the lights on and, yeah. and do that. But my real purpose in life is to, uh, like this is, grow in effectiveness and understanding and effectiveness and, and carry this message to people who need it. And to those that are still suffering, I just, you know, the other thing is people, um, over the years, have um, in, in 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 my honest opinion, have um, missed the uh, the boat a little bit when um, you know helping another alcoholic. The book says helping others mm-hmm. that we aren't just. Uh, Regulated to those of alcoholism, but to be a, um, a working member of society again—that right. we're out there. Somebody needs a helping hand, and we're able to give a helping hand. We give a helping hand. Yeah. It does you know? We're not a bank. We're not a hotel. We're not a car dealer. We're uh, well. Some of us might be, but um, <laughs> if, if somebody's needing um, um, a hand up, not a hand out. Then that's what we're supposed to do. Yep. I mean, it's just it's just being um, turn your attention right sized. Step ten: turn your yeah. attention towards someone but, but, you can help. help. Exactly, help people. That's another yeah. foundational thing to me. It seems as long as I continue to try to help, be helpful, and help people, whether if it's the lady putting groceries in her car, at the, right, or um, 
the neighbor wheeling the trash out that really has no business. You know, I could lend a hand there. Yeah. She doesn't need to be doing that. and uh, Or she could use the help. Keep an eye out on where I can be helpful. Right. When we had our, our small um, business when we were in uh, Newburgh, occasionally um, I would do something for somebody and say, this must be your lucky day. I said, why? I said, Merry Christmas. This one's on me. Uh, and they said, what? I said, hey, i got to do something good for somebody, and I never know when, when, when that is going to happen. And today, you're the one that has been chosen. Don't know why, but... Yeah, I didn't pick you. <coughs> yeah. You were just staying you know, here. We had, a, I had this older lady. Um, she's got to be in her mid-80s. You could tell that she was on very limited income. Um, and the house was in need of repair. <coughs> and she had an air conditioner that was mounted in her window. And um, her, was it a, uh, her husband passed away. And it was either a brother or brother-in-law or somebody used to take it out and put it in, then he passed away. And, well, she needed help getting it into the window and I went over there and the platform and everything was rotted out and I said this isn't going to hold and the side so I looked at it and I said I got to do some there's a couple things need to be addressed here I'll be right back went got some lumber did whatever fixed it put a brand new thing and stuck it in there went in there said plugged it in said it's nice and sealed no bugs can get in yep everything's good and I could see her in her little change purse, trying to count out money. And mm. I said, what are you doing? I said, no. I said, Merry Christmas. And she was offended that I wouldn't take her money. I yeah. said, ma'am, I said, you offend me by offering me. Every once in a while, I truly believe God works mysterious ways. He told me this one was Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful day. Well, I need some other work done, and you <laughs> come back, but you're going to take money that this time. I said, yeah, fine, whatever. Said, Call me if you need me. And you know, it just little things like that. During those other twenty, those first twenty years, no, never would have happened. Mm. It's amazing when you have a spiritual pathway, even as narrow as it may be, and as shaky as it may be. But at least you're going down it. It's amazing the things that you, you you find yourself doing that you normally would never have done. And I, I truly believe that that's part of what this program offers. And they talk about that new design for living, and I mentioned that earlier in the, in the broadcast, um, is, is that it truly is. We are no longer that same person. You know, as, as a description from Silkworth, you know, by name, but all other resemblances were not there. I mean, the, yeah, I, I think I know you. I mean, the name, yeah, but you don't look like the same guy that was before. It's because we've had that psychic change. And when that comes, everything changes. Yeah. Yep. And that's the... I've lived in this town all my life, and I've run into people in sobriety that didn't recognize Dan anymore. 
Yeah. You know, and I was like, hey, Bill, what's, how are you? Ain't seen you in a while. And you see that blank look? Yeah. And you're like, uh, yeah. Dan Reeves, no. Oh, you know, and, yeah. and, and, They're like, and we really, really, yeah, and I know that's those little gobwinks or whatever you want to call, you know, that, uh, I am, I'm a different dude today. I yeah. am so different today than I used to be. Yeah. Uh, some of that's like a veil. It's hard to see right. today back there. You know, I get peaks of it again now and again, or when I'm working for some, working with somebody yeah. and get those things out and, uh, but, but I don't recognize me from the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and I, uh, I'm very fallible. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not above anything or anybody. Mm-hmm. I have just learned the very, very hard way on getting things done. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, it, it did cause some, some strife in trying to um, repair some of the damage with, with my kids. Mm-hmm. And my oldest son and I have a, a, a good relationship today. Um, his sister, uh, my oldest child, it's much better. Uh, matter of fact, she texted me last night let me know she got uh, promoted to senior vice president of operations, some, some, some of the company that she oh, works nice. for. She's all excited. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Very proud of my daughter. I'm proud of all my kids. Right. Um, and um, I'm, when they I'm call getting, you and think to tell you and want to come. Yeah, I mean, they, I've let actually had, know that this has happened. That's a, the one that hated me the most. Yeah. That just thought I was the worst thing since sliced bread would f bomb me and call me an a and everything else mm-hmm. on the phone and then hang up on me. Calls me up, Dad. What are you doing next week? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, I come down, come down to lunch. I said, okay. Live yeah. in Jasper. Yeah. Because I'm not the same person. And they've seen that some of the lies work for me. That, the, that you know, from 1998 forward, I was changing. And I was becoming the person that, that I was saying that I was. That I was trying to be a part of, but you got to allow me. If you don't allow me, then I never will be, and that's your choice, not mine. Yeah. And it's 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 funny today that we, of the, and, and and there's some people that that know me up here that have less than ten years of sobriety, and it doesn't take forty years, but it's just you, you can get to the point where you know what it's your choice. You can accept me or not. I'm at face value today. There is no hid, hidden agenda whatsoever. Well, maybe because I want to see my grandkids. Well, but, you know, that, that's but that all grandparents are like that. That's because you know we'll give you twenty pounds of candy. Goes no, have a nice uh, weekend with mom and dad. Yeah, remember how you guys used to uh, behave when uh, I told you someday you'd have kids. Mm-hmm. Now it's your turn. Yeah. No, I'm not that bad. Well, maybe a little bit. But it's just, you know, my, my family is starting to see, my, my sister, one of my sisters actually, that was her. Was it? One, one of my sisters, um, yeah, that's her. Um, her is Zoe. She's laying down at my feet snoring and whining. Um, we were coming back from Houston and was texting and didn't realize that she was in Nashville. 
When I, we, and I, she happened to, when she was texting, she was only a few blocks away from driving when we had stopped in oh, Nashville yeah. to eat lunch ah. before we came up here. Um, this was uh, September. She said, well, we're on our way to such and such. We got an appointment uh, for some tour. Well, they canceled their tour to come have lunch with us. Hmm. That would have never happened right. 20 years ago. Yeah. Not at all. And they want to, well, let's know about the blues concerts. We'll come down this time. We'll come. Yeah, we'll come. All right. You know, the brothers and sisters that, um, through a hundred different reasons, that had we've had strenuous relationships um, have rebounded, yeah. which is really nice. Right. Yep. So I can say, I can say the same thing. Uh, I, tonight, my dad lives with me. Cool. And uh, tonight, after we're done here, my dad and my brother, and he might have already left with my brother. We're going down to our camp, and uh, we got a little camp up in Orange County, Indiana, between English and Paley. And uh, we'll spend the weekend together. And there was a few years ago that my brother and my relationship was wrecked of my behaviors. And he was continuing. We drank a lot together. Uh And then, you know, um, four years into me being sober, he decided maybe that might be something he'd want to try. So uh, we're both sober together today in the 12 steps. And uh, those things are just like I'm I'm tearing up talking about how much that means to me as far as like, you know, we only – him and I were brothers. We actually grew up in this house, and uh, and to have that uh, basically broken mm-hmm. and then reassembled. Uh, you know, we used to go down to that cabin and pound beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we go. Now it's a completely different thing. You know, we yeah. we can actually talk about stuff that matters, and yeah. and and I know that my dad likes seeing. You know, that kind of like a living amend, sort of. Yeah. Not a huge living amend guy. I think you need to go do an amend if you owe one. But being step 12, right. practicing these principles in my affairs, in all my affairs, and uh, and my dad likes to see his two boys well. Yeah. Well, the other thing is the living amends, um, and this is an opinion. I and yeah. I always make sure that if if it's not coming straight from here, that I I, I address that it is my opinion. But I, my, I, in the belief that a living amends, like with family, you say I'm sorry for X, Y, and Z, and um, the only way I can make it right is to show you that I'm not the same person anymore, and that becomes the living amends. Yep. I agree. Um, but you still need to make the direct yeah, amends, yeah, right? Because yeah. you know, I've just seen a couple of times where that's like substituted, you know, where it I'm is. not, you know, and that's oh, what no, that was my point on the. You're absolutely correct, and I and I'm looking at what? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> what part of direct amends do you don't get? No, wait a minute. It says made direct amends, made direct amends, not living amends. Yep. Direct amends. I really think it says living amends. And people want there to... There might be some terminology uh, like that well, in the 12 you, and 12, but, yeah. but it's don't, not in here, yeah. I don't think. I, 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 yeah, anything and everything that's been published through either Works Publishing or the current publisher, um, I, you know, it's I, obviously good literature or it wouldn't be published. But I, when it comes to steps and... The Basic Fundamentals, yep. it's this book. Me too. The 12 and 12 was 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 conceived f- for the 12 traditions. 
And um, there's a gentleman that I know from California that um, has sponsored, he's got about, he may have a little more time than I do, I forget, 45 years maybe. His sponsor, his first sponsor, sponsor and Bill were very good friends. And Bill told him, he says, <laughs> yeah, he said, uh, people said the simple, it's a simple program, it's too simple. He says, oh, screw them all up. I said, I'll, I'll throw in a bunch of whatever into the steps and put in a 12 and 12 with uh, the traditions. And if you look at it, and if and, and I, I can't remember the the hind story, the behind the the scenes story on it completely, but after I heard that and I went through and I started reading some of the steps in the twelve and twelve, I went, that makes sense. <laughs> it, it really does. Yeah. He says I'm going to complicate things because people don't like it simple. Okay, I'll complicate it. Now I'm going to make you really think hard because you don't like simple. I and. Paragraph six and seven, and and then you got two chapters in the twelve and twelve chapters. Yeah. I was taking what what changed my life was being taken through the big book, yep. and that's you know I only and I think it says in there someplace uh, I will tell you what I have done. Yep. And so that's what I carry forward with me. The twelve read twelve and twelve. Cool. Uh, oh, step packets. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I was handed do those. I did. I shouldn't say I don't. I had two sponsors that did step packets. And I didn't know that until after I'd asked them to be my sponsor. Hmm. And I thought, okay, fine. One was that when I was the, my first uh, burning bush. and um, But even though he did step packets, he, he broke down the steps. Like, um, literally, that you know, step one's two two parts to that step, it's three steps to step two, and and he would break down each step. Yeah, he still and and then and he and he, he created his own packet. Oh, okay, fine, whatever. And then I did another one right after my 2018 again, but I I wanted this sponsor because I wanted to find out why the area that I was at, the why they did the AA, AA, the way they did AA. And it's like, well, so I figured, well, you know, went in Rome and step packet. And I was like, oh my God. So then I finally said, no, this ain't working. I got a guy who says, you know what? No, I don't do step packets. We're sitting down and we're opening up the book. Let's go. Yeah, he says, shut up. Open the book. Okay. And we went through. And that told me right there I would never do another step packet. Hmm. Because again, why overcomplicate things and, and 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 potentially ruin an opportunity? This is of course my opinion, ruin an opportunity with someone by throwing all this stuff at them that they're like, what the hell is this? And then, uh, and what can happen with those two is it ends up being that substitute for this one-on-one thing. It's like yes. go home and fill this out exactly. You know, and, and it come back and this, let me know. You know the the you know the tokens has got Bill and Bob on them. You know that's yeah. the foundation of what this is: is one human being sitting with another human being going through this book. And then you read the question, and then the answer is like, what? How is that? That 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 that's so impersonal. Yeah, it's so. Um, 
Um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, well, it's another term for being stark. It's um, where where it's. Um, I hate when that happens. Of course, yeah. at three o'clock in the morning, right, the terms will come to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Come. I'll text you. The, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, the um, the stuff you. Know. I tell my guys too. You know, uh, I'm also trying to build a relationship here. I need another battle yeah. buddy in this yeah. this war against this disease we have. You exactly. Know? So yes, I'm taking you through these steps. Yes, I'm also trying to teach you to take somebody through the steps because I'm going to expect you to do that after you get done here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a uh, I can't can't enforce it, but mm -hmm. I would suggest it strongly. Mm -hmm. uh, those that do it understand why. Mm -hmm. Those that don't never see it. Uh, and. Uh, no. And 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 I'm building another relationship, and I'm doing some things that I didn't used to do, like be vulnerable with other men specifically, yeah. and and practice that, and and then hopefully my new friend will start doing that too, and yeah. just all these little all these little nuances that comes along with doing this that are yeah. uh, how it works. Well, it's like the, the new guy I've got. Um, and I told him, I said, I had a couple of gentlemen when I was in Newburgh. One of them had a part of his fourth and fifth step that, brand new, this one, I've not, I've, not me, oh boy. I had no idea even how to even discuss it because it was... I've never, I never went through that. I never did that. Um, but I had another guy who did that I was sponsoring. So I told the younger of the, the two, I said, I may have somebody. I've, I'll get back with you tomorrow. Okay, so I, I call, just say Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, uh, George, I, mean, I like George. Use George again. George has the, the ba 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 ba, and you have similar history. Y'all have something in common here. Would you mind? He goes, let me think about it for a minute. I said, no, no. I said, just let me think for a minute. I said, all right. There is risk. I said. I understand that. He said, okay, this is how it's got to, how we're going to do it. I said, okay, blah, blah, blah. And I call him back, said, this is, this is the circumstances. It's got to be at my house on this day in the sunroom. I, you, I'll close the door, I'll watch TV, do whatever, and you two, for however long you need, discuss it. That's the only way it's going to, going to be able to, to happen. But he has gone through what you are struggling with right now um, about your past. And he said, okay, fine. So the new guy, I told him this, kind of related this to him. I said, if there is a, a potential of something that is in your fourth or fifth step that I have not personally experienced in one fashion or another, I will find somebody who has <laughs> and have you discuss that specifically with them. I said, I don't have monopoly on the 12 steps. 
we can't, as an individual, say that, well, no matter what you say, um, you know, I, I, I know what you went through. Well, no. No, it's like a woman having a miscarriage. I have no idea. I can read all about it, but I'm not going to be and able you to. You may even have experienced one in your relationship. Exactly. But you haven't had one. Exactly. So I have. I don't know what the emotional trauma is yeah. there. So, it, with that being said, he, he says, "Well, you can do that." I said, "Yeah, that's because I'm being responsible to you, as a sponsor. That if it's something that I can't help you with, I'm going to find somebody who can." Yeah. Another and, reference in there. There's hardly any of us that would, hasn't had the same problem as you know. I can't remember exactly how it says yeah. states it, but somebody, somebody among us has had your problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and and the thing is, there's some people get get this. The, the, the ego starts creeping in. Well, you know, I got 27 spawn G's. I said, I will never have 27 spawn G's. I'm not, I, I, for one, I have a life, too. Two, my guys are going through the steps and they're and, and living life large now, doing, doing the, 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 the deal on a daily basis. They may want to call me once a year just to say, hey, or if something really comes up, they really truly need to talk. Fine, but to have them call me every day, once they've completed the twelve steps, there's no need for that. Mm-mm. Bob, Doctor Bob, Bob sponsored five thousand people in less than fifteen years. Do you think he had five thousand people that called him every day? No. I don't think so. They kind of leave the nest in a sense, you know. There's That's this, this the whole following idea. the directions in the beginning and you develop exactly. that relationship and, you know, uh, they don't want to call you every day and that's exactly why you have to. And uh, <laughs> you're going to have to do in some things you don't want to do yeah. and this is going to change you. Yeah. And then after a while, you know, I mean, my direct, my, I said, you know, okay, yeah. now this is your recovery. Exactly. You call me when you want to. I'll be happy to talk to you, whatever. Yeah. I have guys that call me weekly. I have guys, you know, only the new guys choose yeah. to continue. You know, they're not really right. choosing. They're the ones that's, that's, that's yeah. and I like to have two people in the work. It just seems to be yeah. where I'm, it's like, kind of like how many meetings is good, but we, right. having two people in the work seems to be a good, I still have my time in my life, but I'm yet still yeah. giving enough. I, I, what's funny is it, the, and it's funny since, or is it sad? I don't know. Go either way. But when my life turned around after the second burning bush, generally, people that ask me are people with years, double digit, oh, yeah. because they've hit a they've hit a rut mm-hmm. in 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 their um, spiritual growth, and they yeah. want to know why, and they they. It, and of course, they've heard me share for months and months and whatever, or you know, the sponsor may pass on or something. They'll say, "Hey, you know, you might be my sponsor." Uh, and he said, "What are your requirements?" I said, "I don't have any requirements. You got 15 years or 20 years or something like that. If you need to talk to somebody for a sounding board, I'm here 24/7. Um, you have some issues that you aren't sure what direction to take." We're going to look at the book and see what what we have some tools. Yeah, what the tools are necessary to get you over that hump. I said that's fine. I said, but uh, no, you're not calling me every day because if you have to call me every day with that many years in, there's something wrong with you yeah. in the first place, and we need to start from ground zero. Oh boy, 
this is going to be fun. But then I got to look at how many times, twice in my sobriety, did I have to come up to somebody with as much time and they've had to take me to ground zero. Yeah. So I, I, I got to be cognizant of mm-hmm. the fact that I was in that position once myself. Right. Twice. Maybe just so, maybe God has sent these people to you because He knows that you've been through this and that you yeah. can help these people with this but, particular thing. But you, like I said, generally it's they want to know. They just they 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 want. I guess there's some, as one of them has told me here recently, reassurance. They know that I'm I'm consistent with what I say. And, and and the way I am um, in and around that they feel comfortable mm-hmm. in knowing that I'm not going to come up with some harebrained opinion that is going to screw them up worse than what they were going into the situation in the first place. Yeah. And that's kind of, I have to say, that gives me kind of a little warm and fuzzy. I'm not sure. going to lie because... Right. I can tell you for it's 20 humbling. years, people did things like, stay away. Yeah. I, I had, and I didn't share this, and probably most of the people have already left, but anyway, at 10 years during that time, there was people that, when I first moved out to California, that I was going to meetings, and then I quit going. I was going to one a year, and I was telling them all the meetings I was going to in another city, not knowing that they were at those meetings. They finally had, they could no longer watch me kill myself, literally. And they told me, lose my number. Don't ever call me again. We no longer exist as far as you're concerned. Go away. We can't take it anymore. Hmm. They couldn't take the stress of watching what I was doing to myself. I was like, I'll show you. I'm not coming to this meeting anymore. Yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> once a year, I mean, you know, what the hell? What's not going at all now, right? But it's just, it's funny how long we will tolerate the intolerable before we, we, we take action. And that was probably one of the things that helped me when I came to that um, apex and just is everybody turned their back on me. The whole world did. Yeah, I had nowhere else to go. Of pure yeah. desperation. Yeah. And you think about what a favor that was, you know, these things. Yeah, no, that look today, like, they look, yeah, back then, I'm like, at that moment, but oh. then later on, you see what, oh, wow. Well, it's all kidding. I have, this I, I, I have some personal experience with that now and again when a guy just doesn't want to do this. I really don't have a lot of room for you in my life. I'm not here to babysit you and to tell yeah. you it's all going to be okay, you know. Uh, oh, it's I don't, I don't necessarily say lose my number, but I will say when you're ready to take this seriously, call, call me. me. Yeah. Until then, yeah. Don't. Uh, yeah, uh, you're taking up a seat that um, is meant for somebody who wants this. Yeah, and there's guys out there that will do that. That will do that propping up of people that are struggling. I'm not one of them. Yeah. Uh, now I will give my heart, and it's not like I don't have any compassion, but no. I think at some level I may be preventing your fall. Yeah. If I'm standing here holding your one side up as you walk along, yeah. uh, maybe I should take my hand away, oh, yeah. and you will fall, and then you will do. You know, sure. you'll get that gift of desperation. It might. Cause you to decide to actually take this seriously. I had a guy sponsored, and this guy went out. He gets six months, seven months, go back out. Four months, go back out. He, I don't know how many times, how many white chips he got. And I finally, I said, stop. You're not the right match for him. It isn't working. Stop. Yeah. Well, no. I said, no. Stop. Yeah. 
And of course, his ego was insanity. Well, finally, um, I ran into the guy, and I probably shouldn't have. I said, "Look, I you know I sponsor your sponsor. Fire him. It ain't working." Yeah. He got somebody else, and I know who he got. I know the guy. I know his sobriety, and he basically carried the same message, but just came from a different deliverer, a different teacher, and it was. Hadn't seen the guy for two and a half years. I had moved to Florida. Came back up. He was going on three years sober. For the first time, he broke a year yeah. in his life. Imagine that. Yeah. Sometimes we can't. We can lead that horse, no matter how how many times that trough, and and, and no matter how thirsty the horse is, is not going to drink because. When you take him up there, he doesn't see the water. He sees sand. Yeah. That's not what he wants. Then you get the other guy who says, hey, come here. I know you're thirsty. Why don't you come walking with me? The guy looks and goes, oh, water. Yeah. Surps it right up and bingo. Brand new horse. Yeah. So, I know analogies. that if I'm taking you through this and you're not staying sober, I'm really confident enough in what I know about this that it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. This, you know, yeah. Some, you need somebody else. Yeah. Because what we're doing here is not working. Yeah, it's not working. And uh, yeah. usually, I don't know, I just have adopted the three strikes rule. If, you, if we do it three times, the it third one's the out, and we're going to have to find you a new sponsor. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. I'm still here for you. I'm still That's your true. friend. Well, it looks like it's about that time. Yep. I and it. I mean, I tell you what, uh, this did more for me than, um, than anybody out there, I'm sure, because I just... I feel real good. Yeah, good because that's it's something funny about this. That this is uh, this is there's some energy in this little exercise that I'm yeah. doing here, and and I do too, man. I walk out of here high, for lack of a better word. Yeah, uh, juiced up. I feel life's energy in me when we do when I do one of these, and uh, I always feel like I made a new friend across this table too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, hopefully this won't be our only or last uh, interaction. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah, no, I no. would hope not. Also, yeah, like I said, this is this been to, good. Uh, I enjoyed uh, this. Create buddies and battle buddies to walk this thing called life with. That's right. That's right. Well, well, you have any concluding thoughts you want to throw out? Sometimes somebody might give a message to the newcomer, or some people might just have none. And I do like to offer that to, as a closing. If you want what we have. As it, as, as it states and how it works, get into the book and study it. It's our textbook. Just like when you were in school, you had a math test or an English test or history. You studied and studied so you would get a good grade. The good grade in this is being happy, joyous, and free of the bondage itself. And with that, I want to thank anybody and everybody that was uh, willing to listen to me tonight. Thanks. Thank you, Jock. I have two things that I say at the end of here. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was from uh, out of an email I get. It says, if you're not enjoying your recovery, it's your own damn fault. Because mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's available. Mm -hmm. And... I'd like to thank everybody out there for allowing Jock and I to participate in our recoveries. Yes. In this manner tonight. Have fun.
Peace out. Peace out. Cool.